As always, lots to cover. All right, today's Davit Davchav Beis, page 22 in the Heligim Masechah and we pick up from the beginning of the second line. We're going to pick up from Itmar, really another fascinating Saita Dikadaf, covering uh, so many different topics. Itmar, we learned, If a person learns Chomish, and a person learns Mishnayis, but he does not live his life serving to me the Chum. Now, what does it mean serving to me the Chum? It means influenced physically in the physical presence to observe what it means to live as a Ben Torah. What does it mean to live like a Ben Torah? And this is going to be the theme of much of our daf, which is you cannot live a Yiddishkeit watching and searching Google for information. You can only, you can get some information from Google. Yiddishkeit has to be made up of a culture that's established by people who are involved in learning. A person who learns Torah but is not Mishal Yicham doesn't put themselves in the presence of those who understand how Hashem wants us to live. He's an Amaaretz. He's considered unlearned. And there's, there's um, halachic... Uh, differences that the certain ways that we treat uh, in Amaretz, we're going to get into this. It's a lower level than in Amaretz. It's like a non Jew. You, you, you don't know how to live properly. You might be doing everything right, but what Hashem wants, the difference between a Yid and a guy, you're not going to get that. So you're going to live your life like a, like a guy. He's considered a mogush. A mogush is somebody who is involved in sorcery. It's not real magic. It's sleight of hand type of stuff, which is you're basically going to end up tricking people. All right. So listen. Now, why, why are you going to be tricking people? Because you're going to sound so learned and you're going to have so much information because you are studying Tyra and you are studying Mishnah. The problem is you don't know how to live like a yid. So people are going to go follow after this person who knows how to learn. But that person is not going to really be able to give over how a yid is supposed to live their life. The same as a sorcerer that just deceives and, and makes people think one thing when there's really something else happening. The last opinion is the more most logical to me. The Amri, because people say, Rotten Megusha, Vlayada, my Omar. You can have a, a uh, uh, sorcerer that says all sorts of uh, fancy-schmancy things, and nobody has any clue what the sorcerer is saying. The same thing is true with somebody who could just translate a Mishnah, but doesn't really know what it's saying. What do you mean he doesn't know what it's saying? What it means is the purpose of Mishnah, again, is a, it's a Mahalich HaChayim. It's a way of life. The Torah is our life. And therefore, you're just going to be saying things and quoting mental gymnastics and there's so many deep and profound concepts in the Torah but to make it mom is something that is a, a a way that we think and a way that we strive to live that can only come through proper messiah through proper tradition which is given over by spending it's given over through osmosis by spending time in somebody's presence turn around the rabbis learn so you know who's considered an amaretz somebody who does not say Kriyashma in the evening and in the morning, Divrei Rebbe Meir. This is Rebbe Meir. What Rebbe Meir is telling me is that when a Jew goes to sleep at night and wake up in the morning, 
We need to have God on our tongues. We need to have God on our tongues. Tefillin also is a sign of wrapping Hashem around you and being interconnected with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And a person who doesn't, uh, who doesn't put on tefillin, which is also, it's like a bris. It's an, it's an eternal pact, the covenant between Klai Yisrael and Rebani Shalom. Also, it's an Amaretz. Benazi Abnazi is kosha in late tzitzis bebigdoi. Rav Yenison bar Yosef Aymer, kosha yeshlei bonim vein megad adomotayra. A person who has children and doesn't make that the priority in their lives. Achir Rav Yenison doesn't make Torah the priority. Achir Rav Yenison say a few kairah v'shoyna. Leishimish tamidei chachamim. Connected to what we said earlier. Zehu Amaret. Such a person is an Amaret. Karav Velay Shana. If a person learns Chumash without Mishnayis, I raise a boar. Lai Karav Velay Shana. Allah because of Aymer. Vizarati Espace Yisrael. Vizarati Yehuda. Zera Adam. Vizara Behema. Which means a person is not utilizing their lives in a way that a human being is supposed to live. And it's, it's it, it, you, we'll end up living our lives similar to the way that animals live their life. What does it mean? Does it mean Chasu Shalom? That a human's like an animal or anybody doesn't have the Torah in their life as an animal. There's many people who don't have Torah and Chas V'Sholem. But what it's telling me is it's a responsibility of a Yid to make sure that I don't, the, the, the Seder Hayom, my pattern of day and the objective of my life is not the same as an animal. Means an animal wakes up, an animal eats, an animal goes to the bathroom, an animal goes for a stroll, an animal eats, an animal goes to the bathroom, and an animal goes to sleep. That's the daily schedule of, of a lot of animals. Okay? So that's a, that's a, a daily schedule. Many people, that's, that's their envisioning. They're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and their dream is that one day they're going to retire and wake up in the morning and eat and go to the bathroom, go for a stroll, eat, Go to the bathroom and go to sleep. That, that's what they're waiting for, for, for retirement. Yeah? And it's letting us know that the Torah needs to be the central. It has to be, our, our, our day needs to be guided in a way of growth. Sometimes our growing comes, comes while we're involved in our work. And sometimes the growth comes while we're in retirement. And sometimes the growth, but there always has to be growth from a person. Otherwise, <laughs> We're gonna, you know. Otherwise, our daily schedule is that is is similar to the, that uh, that lifestyle. Okay. Yira es Hashem beniva malach veimshaynim altisarav. A person shafir Hashem and the king imshaynim changing altisarav. Don't mix up. No, don't mix up with shaynim. What does that mean? Amar of Yisroch elu shaynim halachis. It's referring to those who study halacha, which means fear Hashem, and even when you're mishamish tamidei chachamim, it's important to hang around the right type of tamidei chacham. What is considered the right type of tamidei chacham? It's referring to somebody who who uh, studies halacha with the lamdus. Now, what lamdus means is the background information. It's important. Again, this gets this gets into Google. Right? It's important not to just search up what it says to do, but to be around people who fully grasp the background that led up to tell me why I do what I do. Says the Gemara Pshita, okay? This is the simple way to understand the verses. What's the great novel idea here? Gemara explains, Maybe it means people who do, do 
uh, Averis over and over. Those are people you shouldn't mix with. Now, you'd say that's simple. What, what's the idea of not hanging around people who repeat their sin? Chavar, listen closely, this is beautiful. It doesn't say don't hang around those who sin. It says don't hang around those who repeat their sin constantly. What does that mean? Listen to this. When a person does a sin, at a certain point, it just becomes part and parcel of what we do. And we no longer have a conscience, we no longer think it's wrong, at a certain point we even think what we're doing is a mitzvah. And such people, I would say, don't mix with. For somebody who sins and knows they're wrong, be seder. Seder. But a person does it over and over. Maybe that's going to be it's a kamash one. Therefore, Rabbi Yisrael lets us know that it's referring to somebody who just knows what to do without trying to get into the reasons behind what we do. People who learn Mishnah are ruining the world. Says the Gemara. So many people follow the Mishnah schedule, and people make a Seder and Mishnayis, and we learn Perkei Ovis between Pesach and, and Rosh Hashanah. Mishnah is a beautiful thing. What does it mean that a person ruins the world? What it means is, a person who just bases their halachas upon a Mishnah. You can't just live your life based upon a Mishnah, you have to get into the background, and into the Gemara, and into the understanding. People learn Torah are the ones who settle the world. Shenemar, as it says, the ways of the world are, are mamish in the hands of somebody who learns Torah. That's what it means. Okay, so obviously, all sorts of Limarat Torah is productive. The problem is going to be that when I just do what I do without any background and without any guidance, from uh, from Rabbeim. And if you want to know why this is, this seems to be pretty extreme. It seems to be pretty severe. The reason why it sounds severe is because it's so true. It's it's very true. You uh, uh, over and over and over. I've seen this. I've I've done this. I've suffered. Where you you learn something and you think that's what you're supposed to do, and because of that approach, you apply it somewhere else, and it was a total mistake. The total mistake to to uh, apply it somewhere else. It needs guidance. Tyra needs guidance. It needs rabbeim. It needs involvement. It needs questions. It needs answers. It needs analysis. It needs back and forth. I can't just open up a Mishnah and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do as a, as a Yid. All right. Isha Prusha V'chulu. Another type of person that ruined the world is an Isha Prusha, a woman who separates herself. What does that mean? Tan Rabbanon. The rabbis learned, and that's why the rabbis besula tzalyonis v'hamana sheivavis v'katan shleikalu loy chadoshav hareilu mavali oilam. Besula, a single girl that spends her day davening. She spends her day shuckling over a sitter the entire day. That's what she does. She's a she's a davener. And there's davens and davens and davens. And an almana who's a, a widow, who's a very, very friendly neighbor. And a child without complete months. Now, how would you envision that? You'd think like a, pre- a preemie. 
right? A child that didn't have four months born. That's what it seems to be. Well, the Gemara is going to explain something else. These three types of people destroy the world. Now the Gemara is going to get at this and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We need major clarification here. Here we go. Ini, it's not true. You can learn how to really uh, uh, fear sin like a besula, and you could learn how to receive reward from an almana. What happened? Listen to these stories with Rabbi Echanan. Rabbi Echanan heard, Rabbi Echanan heard, a certain besula, single girl, she fell on her face. She fell on her face. You know what she said? You've created Gan Eden. You've created Gan Eden. You've created Sadikim and Rishom. You created this. She had fallen down. Uh, and uh, she had fallen down in tefillah. That's what it's talking about. She, she's falling in, in davening. And her tefillah was, you ready for this? She's a single girl. Apparently she was attractive. And she, many of us, what do we daven? Hashem, please, I shouldn't sin. You know what she's davening? Hashem, don't even make me the cause of sin for another yid. That's her tefillah. She's concerned about everybody else. Please make it that I don't sin and make it that I shouldn't be the cause of anybody else doing Avir. And Rabbi Yechonin says, this is Mamish. This is somebody has got the head on straight. How do you know how to receive reward from Almana? There was a widow who davened in a, in a community shul. She would come and daven in Rabbi Yechanan's base matters. So you have a number of shuls in town, right? You'd imagine, got Rabbi Yechanan, so there's a lot of other Rabbanim. She always went to Rabbi Yechanan's shul. Some law, Rabbi Yechanan says, Apparently she walked very far to get to Rabbi Yechanan's shul. And on the way to Rabbi Yechanan's shul, there were other shuls. Okay? Many people, not many people, some people go to shul because it's convenient. So you go to the nearest shul. Other people go to shul for different, various reasons. So they'll go to a shul that's a little further. So she walked very far. He asked her why. You know why I walk far? Because every step that a yid takes to shul, he gets more reward. So I purposely always go to the farthest shul in town. I get schar halicha. I get reward for walking. And Rechelen said, wow, this is a woman who's got her head on straight. So the Gemara asked, what are you telling me? That a, a single girl who davens and a friendly uh, widow, uh, these people destroy the world, just the opposite. They teach you how to live normally. They teach you what it means, what, what normal means. Answer the Gemara, Kika Omar Kigoyin, Yechani Bas Retivi. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. We're not dealing with Chas Vashalom to say that people who daven and people who are friendly are ruiners of the world. Rather, we're dealing with somebody like Yechani, the daughter of Retivi. Now, who is Yechani, the daughter of Retivi? So Rashi fills us in on the story. Rashi tells us as follows. Fascinating story. Yechani, the uh, Abbas Retivi, was a sorceress. And what she would do is, she would, as the baby was starting to emerge, when the mother was pushing, she would, through sorcery, Place a spell on the mother to make it extremely painful the baby won't come out. 
And then she would say, oh, you need help? Oh, you need help? I, I, let me help you. And she'd start davening and opening up her tehillim and shuckling back and forth. And really what she was saying was, you know, remove the spell when I'm in the mood. And she became known as the Greiser Rebetzin, the one whose tefillas were always answered. And in the meantime, she was a total scam. She was trying to look good. Some, so what it's, you, you know who ruins the world? People who hurt other people just to look good. And this goes back, by the way, to a number of cases that we learned yesterday. Remember the case of the poor person that had 199 and he's allowed to receive tzedakah and you, Dafka, go ahead and fill in. You fill in the last one to give him up to 200. You think you're such a tzaddik? You're not a tzaddik. You're a ruiner of the world. You're somebody who's ruining society. There's a reason why we have a system set up to help people and you want to go in that way. So what we mean is we're referring to somebody like Yechani Bas Retivi. What about the next case? We said, what else ruins the world? A child who doesn't have complete months. Hachatarguma in our, in, in, here in, in Babel. They explained, This is about a, 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 a that that uh, doesn't respect his rabbeim. He doesn't take the Torah from the, from the rabbeim as, uh, as proper messiah. He doesn't show, show proper covet. Rav Abba Omar, Rav, Rav, that, that's what it means. So a person who doesn't show covet a Torah is ruining the world. Again, I am doing everything right. I'm putting on tefillin, I'm keeping Shabbos, I'm doing... There's a hierarchy that's needed. Rabbi Russell was in town uh, just uh, a couple weeks ago. And he said, he said, it's, it's pasha to him, it's simple to him. He's, a, he, he, he's all over the place with, uh, with what's going on in, in, with uh, today's society and today's adults and today's children. He's one of the biggest in the world right now. And, uh, and the, he, he said the, the biggest breakdown that, that's happening in society is because there's, there's no relationship between the generations. There's no respect from generation to generation. And once there's a breakdown between uh, between the generations, where a younger generation doesn't feel the intrinsic need to respect the older generation, the entire society just falls apart. It's done. It's over. So you could be a Talmud of a Rebbe. You don't show that Rebbe respect. There has to be an element of respect there. Otherwise, so, otherwise the, the, the world, society gets ruined. Ravabah Ravabah says, You know what else is Talmud of Chacham who doesn't, uh, that's ruining the world? You ready for this? Somebody who starts paskening halacha before they're they're allowed to. The Yomar of Avo, Yomar of Hun, Yomar of Maidachsiv Kirabim Chalolim Epila Batsumim Kol Hargya Kirabim Chalolim Epila. What does it mean? Many people have fallen. Zetam Chacham Shleigia Leiro Omer. It's referring to somebody who has not yet reached the age of Psak or reached the level of Psak, but he still gives a Psak Batsumim. And it's a strong atzum. Kol arugel, everybody who was killed. What does that mean? It's referring to Talmud Chacham who is able to paskin and doesn't. So you can't you can't win. On one hand, if you're fit, you're obligated to paskin. On the other hand, if you're not fit, you better not start paskining. Top of chav beis amud beis viad kamar. Get ready for this. What does it mean that you're not fit for psak? When are you fit to paskin? Says the Gemara, Ad Arba Shnin. Once a person reaches age 40, you're fit to paskin. Why? Because 
Halacha, this goes back again to what we learned on Amar Aleph. Halacha is more than information. You need to understand life. You have to chop, you have to get what life's about. You have to understand what the Torah really wants from me. You can't just look at a line and look at a line in Halacha and say, do this, do this, do this, do this, do that. It's a culture. Yiddishkeit is a culture. Torah is a culture, so to speak. Not chas v'shalom, the way that people view it. It's a way, it's a style. It's a way we live. There's a Torah way to live. So in the Gemara, really? 40 years old until you baskin? Is that really true? But Rava died when he was 40 years old. Rava died when he was 40 years old. And uh, we, he certainly paskin before that age. The Gemara says, Bishaf. Where do we say you shouldn't paskin before age 40? That's where there are... That's where there are... Um, uh, that's where there's nobody else equal. Who, well, I'm sorry, that's where the, the younger person is not equal in ability to paskin the same way some of the older people are. But if a person has the ability to paskin, he's equal, he's bishavin, then it is permitted, uh, then it is permitted to paskin. Yep. Like yeah. You know, People like aren't even mad. Are They're not mock here. Front. Now, even have my sometimes I have my cane with me, and they just let me stand. Well, there are a few who will. Who will okay. Okay. But most of them. Yeah. Know. And also the the makas prushim. We learned in the Mishnah if a parosh, somebody who claims to separate themselves from the world, also are uh, people who are. Um, uh, destroy the world. Tan Rabban of the rabbis learn socially. Shiva prushim him. There's seven types of prushim. Now, all these prushim that we're going to list, or somebody separates themselves. Uh, this whole list that we're going to go through now, Tola Mishnah, is a bad type of parish. Okay? There's a precious that the Mithil Sisharam speaks about. That's, that's, a, that's an Avaida. That's a good one. Here, there's people who separate themselves and it's off. There's something terrible about it. Get ready for this. Parosh shichmi. A shichmi separation. Parosh nakafi. A nakafi separation. We're going to go through each one. A nakafi separation. Parosh kizai. A kizai separation. Parosh miduchia. A duchia separation. Parosh meshechavasi vasana. A person who separates by tell me what to do and I'll do it. Parosh me'ava. A separator out of love, parosh meira. A separator out of yira. Let's get into this. Parosh shechmi. What is a parosh shechmi? Zeha isa meisa shechem. This is somebody who does a meisa shechem. What is a meisa shechem? Says Rashi. Why did shechem give themselves a bris Because they wanted to serve the rebbeinu shalom. No, because he had his eyes on dina. He had his eyes on dina and. That type of service of Hashem destroys the world. You have to, a person has to be real. A person has to, while knowing that we do what we do, it's got to be done properly. So I say, Parosh Nakafi. What is a Parosh Nakafi? Zehamenakif Es Raglov. You know what Menakif Es Raglov means? A person who schleps, a person who schleps their feet on the floor. Why are you schlepping your feet on the floor? Because you want to look humble. You want to look humble. So you schlep your feet on the floor. But what happens when you slip your feet on the floor? You make a lot of noise. Yeah, you just boom, 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 boom. So you look humble, but you're a noisemaker. 
trying to look quiet. Parosh kizai. What is a parosh of kizai? Amar Rachman Yisak Rachman Yisak says zehamekis dam laksalim. This is somebody who gets bloody because of the walls. What does it mean bloody because of the walls? So uh, Rashi here explains that he walks in the streets with his eyes down to be for Shmira Sinayim, and therefore he starts walking into poles, walking into walls, cracking his head open, having a gash over his eye. Now you're allowed to look down, and a person, there's times where, where it, it, it could be a hush of a thing, but to start walking with your eyes down, and you're starting to walk into a wall, and you're hurting yourself, and you think that you're being so religious by wounding your body, dubis meshuga. That's not a mahalach hachayim. That's not what the HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from me. But does it look religious? You better believe it. Right? Look, I have, I have nine scars on my nose for every time I walked into a wall because I was nervous about seeing something inappropriate. That's not, it's not a mahalach. It's not a mahalach at all. There's, a person has to know. There's, there's halacha and built into halacha there's also a way that you're supposed to live like a yid. Yeah, a person who walks bent over, meaning it's in an extreme way. I want to look humble. I want to look hunched. I want to look very, you know, uh, uh, very sincere and very, and very humble. But it's a false. It's it's a it's a false uh, humility. Okay, which, by the way, connects Baruch Hashem as everything always does, but connects very much with our our parsha dealing with. Uh, the Mitzayrah, that on the day that he purifies himself, he's going to bring an Erez, he brings a cedar tree, and he brings a, he brings a, uh, the, the hyssop branch, right? the, the, the willow, and he takes all in. So the Mepharshim asks, why on the day that he's being Mitzayrah himself, are we giving him a cedar tree, which Rashid says, teaches him not to be arrogant. He already learned not to be arrogant. That's why he's in his purification process. The, the tzaras is gone. Vice dice, he did tshuva. Must be he did tshuva. Now you're giving him. Uh, now you're giving him the message. What's going on? And the answer is, until now, he was by himself. It's not so difficult to be modest when you're on your own. You could do a tshuva. The brothers on you could do tshuva that way. That's peseder. But now you're going back into society. You're now you're now going to be allowed back into the camp. Now that you're allowed you're going to have to have a, a whole new level of what it means to be, uh, to be humble. Why is that important? Because very often, when we're by ourselves, humility is humility. When you're amongst others, it's the very humility that can make you into a Balgaiva. The more humble, if a person knows that they're humble, they become arrogant that they know they're humble. It's not even uh, on purpose. But the Gemara is saying, we need to be sincere about this. We need to be sincere about what true, true Anivas is. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Uh, oh, fine. Says the Gemara. Parosh Another thing that's not good is when a person says, "I'm going to separate." You still have time. We're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to. St- I'm going to separate from. Tell me what I have to do, and I'll do it. Says the Gemara. Wow. Hamal, you see, this is gevalt. Yeah, you hear this? A Jew saying, "Just tell me what to do, and I'll do it." That's beautiful. No, says the Gemara. What it means is a guy says, "I've done everything. Tell me what else to do." Another chumrah, give me the chumras. You want me to eat eight kezesim of marar? Give me the eight kezesim. As if, as if, like you're done. As if I do everything, uh, I do everything perfectly. Parosh me'ava, parosh me'ira. Also a person who's parosh me'ava and parosh in yira. 
What does that mean? And what way is this inappropriate? Amrulei Abay Varav Latano Abayin Rav says to Latano Lai Tese Lai Lai Sisni Parush Me Ava Parush Me Yira. It's not referring to somebody who separates themselves out of love or out of Yira. Damar Rav Yudah Barav Rav Yudah says the name of Rav the Alim Yasek Adam Betayr of a Mitzvah Zafilu Shalai Lishma. It's good to serve the Rebbeinu Shalom even if you have ulterior motives. Why? Well known Gemara Shemitayr Shalai Lishma. <clears throat> as long as that's your intention, yeah. As long as the person is not just a fake, but if it says, "Do it," you're not doing it perfectly. Don't worry, just do it. The biggest say, Rabbi Friend's, uh, Rabbi Friend's speech at the Sia Mashas. Perfection is the enemy of good. Right? How many people don't do good things because it's not going to be perfect? Many people say, "I'm not going to do this." Gonna, why? It's not going to be perfect. Just do it. Start. Get it get get cracking. Just just get moving over here. Why? Do it shalai lishma. At least you're doing something. If a person does the right thing in the right place with a mindset of growth, Memela, somebody who has, therefore somebody who has that mindset obviously is a proper type of parush. That's a parush meyava, parush meira. That is a good type of, of separation. Amr Nachmar Yitzchak. Rav Nachman Yitzchak says, "Demetamra, mitamra, midegalia, migalia." Things that are mitamra hidden are hidden, um, and things that are known are known. Beidina Raba lispara mehani dechafu. Beidina Raba, there's a big bezdin lispara that will take consequences payment mehani from these people dechafu that. Cover themselves, wrap themselves in goodni. In uh, goodni is referring to many garments that they put tzitzis on. All right, meaning you have people who walk around and they'll put on tzitzis and tzitzis and tzitzis and tzitzis, and and it's not being done in a sincere fashion. It's just being done for the way that things look. Basically, you know what the what we're saying over here is Yiddishkeit. It's it's. Terrible if our Yiddishkeit remains chitzayni, if it remains the externals and it remains ritualistic in the way that people refer to it, and it doesn't affect our panemias, it doesn't doesn't go into our hearts, it doesn't go into our minds, it doesn't go into our feelings, it doesn't go into our very essence. That is a very dangerous thing. Yanu Malka said to his house, referring to his wife. Don't be afraid of the Prushim. Now listen to this. You need to know the background story. Yanai killed the Chachamim. It's a whole story in Kedushin about this. Yanai killed the Chachamim. And on his deathbed, he says to his wife, who you think should be scared of the Chachamim. He says, let me tell you, my dear Queen, the tzaddikim, you have nothing to be afraid of. And also don't be afraid of Don't be afraid of somebody who is not a parush, meaning somebody who's, who's uh, we'll call it, you know, against the chachamim, because they obviously like me. I killed the chachamim. You know who you need to be scared of in life? The fakers. They're walking around. With all the 
religious garb, pick your favorite religious garb and put that in your mind. They walk around Mamish, decked out in the most sneeze dika da da da. Shemaseyam kemase shedayim leprush. They look like prushim, but maseyam kemase zimri umevakshim schar kepinches. They act like zimri on the inside. On the inside, they act like zimri, but they seek the reward of pinches. Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch, Zichr Tzadik Bekadosh Lavracha, famously said in his time, in his time, he said, unfortunately, nowadays we are reverse Moranos. He says the Moranos looked Spanish on the outside and they were hidden on the inside. And he said in his time, he says, unfortunately for us, we're German on the inside and we look Jewish on the outside. Reverse Moran. He said, what's the Gemara telling me? What's the Gemara? The Gemara's telling me that we gotta be Taiche Kibarai. We gotta be Taiche Kibarai, like the Aran. Yeah, the Aran HaKadosh was coated with gold inside, coated with gold outside, because that's the responsibility of a Yid. Rav Hirsch Taka says, continuing on the Rav Hirsch theme, not, not connected to this. Uh, he didn't say connected to this, but Rav Hirsch asks, the Aran was coated with gold, but the middle was wood. He says, why did he just make it solid gold? Solid gold. Make the Aran said, the Torah says, the inside was, was wood, and there was gold on the inside, gold on the outside. There's a few different tirutsim where Rav Hirsch says beautifully, he says that the Torah is letting me know in order to be Taiche Kibari, in order for my inside to be like my outside, you need to be wood. Wood represents growth. Wood is something that grew. Gold is stagnant. It is what it is. It's impossible to be Taiche Kibari if I'm just stagnant. In order to be coated with gold inside, outside, my middle has to be, there has to be movement. There has to be up and down and up and down and, stri- and striving and mistakes and growth and all these things. That's how I know I'm truly and this is what Yana is telling his wife. He says, you know, the real tzaddikim, we know we killed out all their friends. You don't need to be concerned. They're straight up people. They'll let you know if they don't like you. They'll let you know if there's a problem with you. They're going to follow their halachas. They're not going to do anything that's out of the shochad aruch. What you need to be scared of is the fakers. People who internally act like Zimri and they go to their grave expecting the reward of Pinchas. Weiter. Next Mishnah, two thirds of the way down on Chavav Amud Beis twenty two B. Here we go. Reb Shimon Aimer. Reb Shimon says, "Ein schos tayla b'mayim amarim." The schos does not help her for mayim amarim. Remember the the first part of the Mishnah said that it could take time for the waters to affect her because she could have schosim. And uh, Reb Shimon argues, "Ve'im ata ve'im ata imar schos tayla b'mayim amarim." And if you're going to say that it does help her. It's going to be a problem. He says it's not possible. Otherwise, people are going to think the waters aren't working. On even Tahiris, who drink. I skip. No, no, that's what I was going to ask you. So no, no one ever knows if she's right, right, right. So, um, so even if this person's Tahar, she walks away. Everyone's going to be like, nah, she's not really Tahar. Give her some time. He says, it's not the way it works. They'll say, ah, she's really Tomei. She's got some sort of schosim that we learned the other day, right? For uh, the schos of Taira. Rabbi Yaimah Rabbi says, the schos that, that, the schos is going to help. It is Taira. does hang my mamarim. She's not going to give birth. And she's not going to be Meshabeach, she doesn't get any, uh, uh, any, any better. 
slowly but surely it impacts her. Lesaifi Mesa, eventually she dies by Isamisa with the same death. So ultimately, it does, with the death of Isaita, ultimately it does become known. Nitma Menchasa Achlai Kacha Bekli, if a Mincha became Tame, before it was placed into the Kli Sharis, for whatever reason, not from her. Whatever happened, there was Tame Mace. That, 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 that it touched, face, whatever it is. Harehi kachal menachas, but you're like a regular mincha, vitipada, and we redeem the kedusha off of it. Vimisha kadsha bikli, but if it was African kadsha nikli, arezi kachal menachas vitisarv, we take it to the place of the dashan, and we burn it. Ve'elush mincha seyam nesrafais, the following minchas um, ultimately are burnt uh, the same as the mincha that uh, of the site. Let's just learn one case, and then we'll hold it here for today and restart the Mishnah tomorrow. If a, if a person says, um, I, if, if a woman says, I'm Tomei to you, okay? Or Adam come and say, that, uh, or Adam come and say that she's Tomei. All right? So now that she's Tomei again, we're not going to have her drink. husband changes mind. The husband, so we know if they had relations, it's not going to work. But calling the suas like Ahanim, and anybody who's married uh, to Kaihanim, Minchaiseyam Nisrafais, the carbon Minchas are uh, the carbon Minchas are burnt. Now, why, if you're married to Kaihanim, is it burnt? Because remember, the carbonus ate the remainder of the carbon Mincha after the Kamitza was uh, was separated. But if she was married to Kaihanim, we don't let any of the Kaihanim, the Gemara is going to explain why, we don't allow any of the Kaihanim to eat the remainders, rather, we're going to burn it. Okay, we'll hold it here. Is uh, it's a long Mishnah, it takes us a little more than halfway down the Amud. We'll hold it here for today, Besham. Tomorrow is Rosh Chaydesh and Erev Shabbos. So we're going to have our regular Friday schedule, but it's a longer davening. So let's aim for 9.30 a.m. Let's see if we'll be done by 9.30 instead of 9.15. All right, have a wonderful, wonderful evening, Chavra. Aguten, almost Erev Shabbos, and Aguten Erev Rosh Chaydesh. Take care. Take care, Robert. Good to see you. Take care, Rebecca.